0: Welcome to the Sky Pilot podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Apostle or disciple? I live in the state of Georgia, which has been in the national news quite a bit for a number of reasons as of late. One of the more benign stories for which we're currently known is that we have temporarily waived the requirement for a driving test to get one's driver's license, which means a whole host of young people have gone online and managed to get their driver's license by just taking online test, which has me thinking about that moment in my life. It was a Tuesday, and it happened to be my 16th birthday My mom picked me up from school and drove me to the highway patrol office in West Knoxville so I could fulfill my life's most profound dream, at least at that moment. I could finally take my driver's test. The test went off without a hitch. But I did have to take the driving test, as everyone does except now in Georgia, with a police officer sitting right next to me in the passenger seat of our car, marking things down on a very official-looking and intimidating clipboard. I was terrified throughout the whole process. Not so much terrified that I would not pass the test, but that it never left my thinking that I was an unlicensed teenage driver, loose on the public streets, with a uniformed police officer who was simply setting me up. I felt like any second... He was going to seize the moment, accuse me of breaking the law, and arrest me for not having a license. I got my license and thought the feeling, that feeling of being about to be caught for driving without a license would go away, but it actually didn't for a long time. From, say, age 16 to maybe 18, anytime I'd be driving... And a police cruiser would go by, or pull up next to me at a stoplight, I was certain I was going to get pulled over. I felt like I was pretending to be the adult that in my heart, I knew I really wasn't. Fast forward about 10 years, and that same feeling re-emerged. I was young, mid-twenties, single. I'd just moved to Alexandria, D.C. area to attend graduate school, and everything seemed overwhelming. Two years earlier, I had graduated college, and at that time of my graduation, there wasn't a single personal computer amongst all the students on campus. Now, just a short time later, I was entering graduate school with a brand new Apple computer that I just purchased, and I had no idea how to use it, nor did I even have any idea how to make it just print a single page from its printer. To add to all of that, I was 24, but the average age of my entering class that year was somewhere around 45. I started seminary feeling overwhelmed, alone, and certainly out of place. I was having that same feeling that I had when I was a young driver. I felt too young, too inexperienced to be where I was. Like at any minute, someone was going To look in the back row of the classroom and say, hey, hey, what are you doing here? How did you get in here? You shouldn't be here. So on my first day of class, or probably my second, I tamped down my feelings of inadequacy. I took a risk and I decided to ask a question. It's funny, though, I remember the moment in great detail. What I don't remember is the exact nature of my question, but it began something like this. Did the 12 disciples ever, and that's as far as I got in my question, because suddenly I was being interrupted. Do you mean the 12 apostles, my professor asked? I really wasn't sure. Suddenly I was terrified, filled with self-doubt. I thought I knew what I meant but now I didn't know. Do I mean the 12 apostles? Is this a trick question? Are there 12 apostles and 12 disciples? Are there two different groups? Are the 12 disciples the same thing as the 12 apostles? Or is there no such thing as the 12 disciples? Have I been saying it wrong my entire life? Suddenly my inner dialogue was careening wildly out of control. So let me begin by answering this question quickly and easily, and then we'll look at it in a bit more depth. When people say 12 disciples or they say 12 apostles, they mean the same thing. Both are acceptable. I will, though, make clear why there is some difference between the two that would matter to a seminary professor and is worth knowing by a young seminarian. Also, the words have different definitions even in our current modern context. They're not just words only from old stories. They are, of course, absolutely used in some current contexts, so they have definitions outside their use in the Bible. But when we talk about them in their biblical context, their meanings are narrower and more specific. When we use them in relationship to Jesus and his followers, they mean something far more defined than when they're just kind of used in general context in our world. The word apostle means one who is sent on a mission. Today, the word has a wider meaning, and it has the ability to be used in secular ways where it would be used to describe someone who's an ardent proponent for a cause or idea, such as the Senate's Javier is a self-appointed apostle for the value of organic gardening. On the other hand, the word disciple means student or follower. But normally it's intended to convey more dedication and zeal than simply the word student might. To call someone a disciple is to imply they are an ardent and enthusiastic follower. So it could be used in this way. He was the cool kid in high school with a group of classmate disciples following him around and hanging on his every word. So there's obvious tie-in between the two words, even in the secular sense. Let's place these words in modern context and see how they relate. Graduate students getting a degree in, say, psychotherapy can easily be seen as disciples who are training to be apostles eventually. Or another example, the most successful college football program in our nation over the last 20 years is without a doubt the University of Alabama, and Nick Saban is their head coach. Other colleges frequently hire his assistant coaches in hope that they will have been good disciples under his leadership and will now be great apostles of his methods and success at their schools. So the words obviously relate to each other regardless of the context. Okay, let's now move on to the way these words are used in Scripture. For most of us who don't carefully study the Bible but certainly are aware of its stories, we often have the notion that Jesus had 12 followers who were his group. He traveled with them everywhere, and they went from place to place, town to town, camping out, teaching and preaching. That notion is not wrong, but it's probably not perfectly accurate. The reality was certainly that he had a group much larger than 12 And some followers would probably ebb and flow, stay for a couple of days, then go home, maybe for a couple of days, only to catch up with a group again. Some stayed permanently, some fell away after a short period of time. But Jesus' day to day retinue was probably larger than we often imagine and far more fluid. It is that larger group of followers that are known as disciples in the scriptures. Anyone who was a follower of Jesus, was a disciple, and the 12 are certainly part of that group. So when you say the 12 disciples, you are clear that you're talking about a subset within the larger group of disciples of Jesus. So nothing wrong at all with saying the 12 disciples. There is an interesting piece of information in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus teaches his disciples the Lord's Prayer. This is from Luke chapter 11. He was praying In a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as Jesus taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say... And then he went on to teach them what we call the Lord's Prayer. The part I want to draw your attention to is in this short passage, is that the word disciple is used twice. It's used as we expect to describe the followers of Jesus. But the disciples of Jesus use it to describe the followers of John, in this case meaning John the baptizer. Now there's a tendency on the part of Christians, not surprisingly, to take elements of our faith and assume since they're ours, we invented them, and therefore they are unique to us. There are plenty of things that are unique to Christianity, but in truth there are also some that are not, but we assume they are. Since we're talking about John the baptizer, and a quick side note about him You can call him John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. Either is fine. When I'm teaching, I like to call him John the Baptizer because John the Baptist sounds like he's a member of a denomination versus a man who was known for baptizing people. Now back to my point. Baptism is one of those basic elements we often assume was invented in Christianity, or at least by John. But in reality, Judaism had been practicing a form of baptism long before the arrival of Jesus, and there were pools known as mikvahs, near the first century temple of Jerusalem that were used for ritual purification before you would enter into the temple. That purification was a form of baptism. Also, and more pertinent to our discussion right now, the word disciple is not a word unique to the followers of Jesus. Notice that the followers of Jesus describe John's followers as being his disciples. Lots of spiritual leaders of Jesus' day would have had followers or students who would have been called disciples. So the word's not unique to Christianity. The word apostle as opposed to disciple has a much narrower definition in Christian history. When you're talking about Jesus, then the 12 apostles describe a very specific subset of the disciples. And we're not just talking about two words that differ in size meaning there were fewer apostles than there were disciples, the two words also describe a difference in function. When I was in seminary, I remember clearly the day I was asked to step out of my role as a student and step into my role as an apostle. Seminary lasts for three years, and our second and third years, we were required to have a fieldwork site at a church. We worked at the church about 12 to 15 hours a week, and we'd be given a vast array of tasks to experience various aspects of parish ministry. Then we had a fieldwork supervisor who would sit down with us and discuss what we'd done and help us tease out any important learnings from what we'd been doing. And I've mentioned in a previous podcast my supervisor, Rob, because he's the one who taught me how to compose and shape public prayers. My relationship with Rob was very much one of teacher And student or disciple. Then one day, Rob asked me to go see a parishioner who was struggling, hadn't been to church in a while, needed a visit. He'd certainly sent me on visits before, but those visits were always to strong, stable members who had agreed to help this young and inexperienced seminarian learn how to visit in the context of parish ministry and it was a very safe context that I literally couldn't screw up if I tried. But in this new case, I was being sent as a pastoral emissary on behalf of the clergy. I was being asked to step out of my disciple role and into the apostle role. Now, to be fair, I wasn't really stepping out of the student role. I was just adding the apostle role to it. The point of my story is to say that the 12 apostles were disciples who were chosen by Jesus for the role of being sent forth as emissaries of the good news brought by Jesus to share with the world. So when we talk about the apostles of Christ, we're talking about the 12 who had a different job than the rest of the disciples. A disciple of Jesus could be self-professed disciple. Start following him, and you could call yourself a disciple. The 12 apostles, though, were chosen not self-appointed. Jesus specifically chose them, instructed them, and sent them forth. Interestingly, anyone can still call themselves a disciple of Jesus, and no one in the church would even blink. But in terms of church history, the group called the Apostles, with a capital A, is closed. We're not adding more members of that group. We know that The apostles understood their role to be different and even their number 12 to be important because after the death and resurrection of Jesus, they had lost one of their 12. Judas, who had betrayed Jesus, was now dead. So they decided to add one to their number to bring their number back to 12. Okay, so there were 12 original apostles who sometimes go by different names in what various books of the Bible you're reading. There's Peter. Andrew, James, John, Philip, there's Bartholomew, who's sometimes called Nathaniel. Matthew, who's sometimes called Levi, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, we give him that designation to help differentiate him from the other James, Simon the Zealot, Matthias, and Judas Iscariot. The apostles, as I said, decided to restore their number to the original 12 after Judas's death So they took nominations, and we're not told who was allowed to make a nomination, but in the end, there were only two nominations. We're told about it in the book of Acts. So Acts 23 says, So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two You have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left. And they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. I want to say three things about this passage. Two are about the guy who didn't get chosen, and both of those two points are related to the Beatles. See, this is the kind of stuff you can only get here. You can't possibly find these secular, tangential tie ins anywhere else. And probably for good reason. First, what does the song Rocky Raccoon have to do with a disciple who didn't become an apostle? They both have someone with way too many names. The Beatles song has someone whose name was McGill. She called herself Lil, but everyone knew her as Nancy. This song, this story, has Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice. Also, the unchosen disciple, and I'll just pick amongst his names and call him Joseph, has another Beatles connection. He will forever be included in a very, very elite, small group of people who have narrowly missed being part of the biggest thing ever in the history of their field. As far as I know, there are only two members of this club because I've just created it in my mind. The first is Joseph the almost apostle, and the second would be Pete Best, the almost beetle. My final point on this passage, and one I have yet to find a Beatles tie-in for, is it's interesting that up until this point, all apostles have been personally chosen by Jesus. So when faced with picking a new member of this group, they didn't vote. They fell back on a time-honored, biblical way of choosing that was, in essence, believed to let God Be the one making the selection. Since in order to be an apostle, you had to have known Jesus, and the 12 don't cast lots for anyone else, we now have the total number of people who have been called apostle, right? It's 13. The original 12 plus Matthias, the replacement. Not quite. The answer to that is no. We don't have the total. There's one who never met Jesus during his earthly ministry, who seemingly self-appointed himself an apostle, but who the early church allowed him to use this title. This unusual person is Paul. Paul never followed Jesus. He was actually someone who pursued the early church in hopes of stamping it out. We're even told he was present for the execution, approved of the execution of at least one Christian. Later, while he was going about his pursuit of the early church, Jesus comes to him in a vision and confronts him, and thus Paul has a conversion experience, and it is this confrontation which allows Paul to be seen as having been called directly by Jesus and thus still earns him the title apostle. So we've hit the end. Fourteen is the total apostles of the early church. Now, everything I've told you about the words disciple and apostle and how they were used and defined in the early church is accurate to the best of my ability, but it does a disservice to people trying to be faithful Christians today. The stories I've told and other stories make it seem that everyone is called to be a disciple, but only a few are chosen to be apostles. And the truth is, I think that's flat wrong. It's easy to hear the words and think disciples are people who sit in the, say, pews, and apostles are the people who are up front leading. But in terms of the basic person of faith, I think the better understanding of these words is that to be a disciple is to learn, and to be an apostle is to do something with that learning. So these are not different callings. These are two aspects of what it means to be a person of faith. Every single one of us is called to be a student, a learner, a disciple, constantly working on our own learning and betterment. And each of us is to take that learning and do something with it. I've said this before in a previous podcast. As I go through life, I believe there's something I'm called to learn and something I'm called to do, and it's a never-ending process. There's always the next thing to learn and the next way in which I am to serve. Life is not about deciding if you are called to be a disciple or called to be an apostle. Life is looking for opportunities to do both. That's why we're here. My hope for you in life is that you may always have the hunger for learning of a disciple and the heart of an apostle, that courage to be an agent of change in the world. That's all for today. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Please feel free to get in touch with me through email and Twitter. Just remember both are SkyPilot and with three t's s-k-y-p-i-l-o-t-t-t that's skypilot at gmail and my twitter is at skypilot thanks for listening to skypilot faith quest i invite you to send me a question or leave a review and remember the sign of a strong faith solid religion or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty but that you keep asking questions